As high obesity rates continue to be a health concern for Canadians, there is a growing interest in introducing a sugar-sweetened beverage tax. While some believe a pop tax would act as a deterrent similar to taxing tobacco, experts say that people of lower socioeconomic status would not benefit. Natalie Riediger, a professor of health sciences and human nutrition at the University of Manitoba, says that regulating advertising and improving access to healthy foods are more beneficial solutions. Ultimately, she says that raising people out of poverty should be the long-term goal to improve nutrition and reduce obesity. As healthcare costs are increasing, public health associations and authorities are, are looking for ways to try to reduce the prevalence of obesity in the population. And it's linked to many diseases. Most commonly and, and probably most relevant to the healthcare system is, is diabetes and, and heart disease and, and chronic disease in general. So in looking for strategies, the sugar-sweetened beverage tax has probably received the, some of the most attention. Many policymakers compare the pop tax to highly taxed tobacco products, which seemingly have reduced the rates of smoking over the past 30 years. However, these reductions have not been equal across the playing field. There's a number of reasons why the tax hasn't been effective. Biggest being that people don't smoke because of the cost. It's an addiction uh, and it serves a purpose for many people um, in terms of dealing with stress and um, life circumstances. Specifically looking at socioeconomic status, so income and education, individuals that have uh, lower levels of income and education, uh, the rates of smoking haven't decreased to the same extent as uh, higher socioeconomic groups. And so the tax isn't uniformly effective at reducing smoking rates across the population. This has resulted in uh, increases in the gap in smoking-related disease, so chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, lung cancer, and cardiovascular disease. So the rates of those diseases are higher uh, among low socioeconomic uh, groups. There is a similar trend when it comes to who consumes sugar-sweetened beverages. We don't know as much about sugar-sweetened beverages, I think, as compared to tobacco in terms of why people drink sugar-sweetened beverages, uh, other than that they taste good. But I think that there is some element of addiction. Um, and we also know that uh, sugar-sweetened beverage intake is not uniform across the population either. Professor Riediger says that attacks on sugar-sweetened drinks would not be universally effective. So sugar-sweetened beverage intake is higher among low socioeconomic status groups. And if the intake is higher among so low socioeconomic status groups and the tax is less effective for those groups, and those are the groups that have the highest rates of disease associated with that intake, it ends up being, the tax ends up being not effective or it won't reduce health care costs. She says there are alternative approaches which have been proven to work. I think an additional policy that has already been in place in Quebec and, and should probably be explored is uh, looking at policies related to advertisement of different food products. And so there has been research that has shown that that policy to ban advertisement of, I guess, junk food, for lack of a better word, to children uh, has shown to uh, reduce intake. I think that's something that, since we know already works, why not start there, rather than the tax, which has no evidence. However, she says that these are only short-term solutions for the problem. In order to reduce obesity and improve nutrition on a larger scale, targeting poverty must be addressed. And that involves 
creating equity in terms of social and, and economic equalities uh, within the population. The larger gap, the worse health outcomes, um, and, and that can be observed in many populations. So countries that have larger gaps have worse health outcomes, and an important intermediate factor is nutrition and diet. I think looking at ways to try to reduce that economic gap by creating opportunities for lower socioeconomic groups to be able to get higher levels of education, um, have a high enough income uh, to be able to contribute and raise children. And so this involves, I think, policies such as guaranteed income, a universal child care program, so that uh, because we know that women are more likely to be in poverty. And so programs that will help bring people out of poverty would ultimately help improve the context and environment for um, individuals to be able to make healthier choices. For Evidence Network, this is Dane Wanyarachiga.